another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. On this week's episode, we have Zach back on from Cincy Strapco. And Zach's on this week to tell us about his newest venture and newest release from Nereus Watches, the Santiago. After that, we get Zach's take on Rolex's newest releases this year. All right, welcome everybody to episode 38 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. And we have with us our OG guest. We've got Zach from Cincy Strapco and Nereus Watches back with us. Zach, good to have you. Thanks for having me back, fellas. Dude, always. We haven't had a like. This is around yeah. the the one year anniversary of me going to Red Bar and meeting up with you and all the boys from Red Bar Cincy and kind of starting what eventually turned into this. So yeah, that's uh, awesome, man. Yeah, man. It's crazy that we still can't really meet in person. I know. I was going to say, was that, was that your first and last Red Bar? But no, no, no. no. We, we, had, had a couple, we had a couple after that. We did, uh, which was good. Um, but you were our first guest, and it was right as COVID was starting, yep. and, and things were going yeah. nuts. We were thinking, oh, maybe a couple months we'll be doing this, and then it'll be back to normal, and here we are in October. <laughs> we just had to flatten that curve, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Still, uh, still working on that. <laughs> still working on that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's good to have you back. And yeah. uh, we'll start as we normally do with a wrist check and a drink check. So Zach, what have you got on and what are you drinking? I am wearing my Tudor 94.11.0 and I'm drinking a Knob Creek Single Barrel Select. Ooh. It's pretty nice. Good. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Big fan of Knob Creek. I like that. Yeah, I love Knob Creek. Oh, yeah. Oh, stuff. yeah. Even just their... They're they're regular. I think it, I think they're regular is a nine year, like just on the shelf, like their cheapest bottle. It's pretty good yeah. stuff. I'm a fan. Yeah, I got no complaints. Yeah. Pretty, if you hear this, you hear this, hit the boys up. <laughs> we uh, we'll tag them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How are <laughs> we not sponsored by like some shitty bourbon company? Like, why can't we get sponsored by like some just no name bourbon? Like, come on. Dude, don't call our sponsors shitty. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, like they, they probably know they would be too. So, like, that's why they'd be sponsored. Dude, we've got like more than 10 listeners now. <laughs> it's phenomenal, man. Yeah. That's like at least two more than when Zach was on the first time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm and just waiting until my... bought a strap from him. <laughs> I'm just waiting until I'm, I'm, I'm voice recognized in public. I'm waiting for that day. <laughs> Dude, oh my we God. Get, I get like, anywhere. From watches, <laughs> I just knew about the sound of your voice. Uh, yeah. We've had some new listeners after the Brodinky episode ask, "Okay, so which one is who here? Like, who's the one who sounds like?" And Buzz has been comp- Buzz is getting the best comparisons, and he's not with us tonight. But he's he's getting compared to Ron Swanson and Eric Wind, and then like, and then people are getting me and Spangler mixed up, and I don't know how that's possible because. I don't yeah. think we've got anything alike. I, I can kind of see Eric Wynn, but I think he's a little he's a little less monotone than Eric Wynn. A little more, I don't know, enthusiastic sounding. I talk shit about <laughs> Eric Wynn, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I guess that's an all right comparison. A little Ron Swanson-ish. Yeah. I, I always listen to our episodes when I do listen to them on 2x speed, so it's hard to tell. And I already talk fast anyway, so I already know I talk too fast. But... <laughs> It is what it is. So I, I, I joke, I can listen to most of the watch podcasts I listen to on 2x speed, except Scottish watches, because I'd like to understand what they're saying. So that's only at one and a half times. Oh, I, was, I thought you were going to listen to it at half speed so you can understand them. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> anyway, uh, Spangler, what are you drinking? What are you wearing? 
well, I've got on my Laurier Gemini, uh, worn and round, worn and wound, if I can say that right. Uh, limited edition. Um, I haven't worn it in a while, so I figured I'd uh, bust it out and give it some wrist time. And I am drinking some good old fashioned uh, Cincinnati H two O with some fun just particles like floating around in it. So I'm assuming my parents' refrigerator. Nice. I don't know. The filter hasn't been replaced in a while, and you know I'm not going to assume the worst. But like I don't know. You know what? I'm not sick yet, so I'm going to keep drinking it uh, because I've got, I've got a fun uh, exam coming up on Tuesday. So I'm going to be staying up a little bit later after this podcast tonight. So got to keep my wits about me. Sure you do. <laughs> I try. I try anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, I will bring it home. I am uh, back to the uh, blade and bow that I picked up on my last trip to South Bend. Actually, Mishawaka, Indiana, for those of you keeping score at home and uh, want all the A's but no other uh, vowels. I guess there's an I in there, too. Um, drinking that. And then because we've got our OG, again, Buzz doesn't count, our OG guest on the podcast – I am wearing the OG watch in my collection, my Tudor Black Bay Steel, which I conveniently have on a Cincy Strap Co. fitted red rubber strap. Imagine that. Get those. They're on sale, guys. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, it, it, it picks up the red accents on this watch perfectly. Yeah, it's perfect, man. It's a, it's a pretty sweet strap. I even actually almost matched it to my shirt the other day. I didn't take that picture, but, you know, uh, match, a little too matchy-matchy. But yeah, no, it... Uh, Who's the, uh, the guy who uh, he's on Shark Tank who puts all of his watches on a red rubber strap and calls it his collection? Mr. Uh, Mr. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember his real name. I think his first name's Kevin. Kevin yeah. something? I think Kevin. His, last, his last name's Irish too, I feel like. I think it's like it's O'Donnell or O'Connell. Oh, or... Kevin, Kevin O'Leary. That's what yeah. it is. Kevin, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I read into his companies one time and it's it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, he's rich as fuck, dude. <laughs> he is. Some like educational companies that he sold before. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. I guess if you can sell stuff at the right time, like look at Tom from MySpace. <laughs> that guy got out just in time, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Well, although like was he just too early? Because like look at Facebook. Like, how is MySpace any different? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Exactly. It was better, dude. You could like have music and shit when people came to your <laughs> Spanger. You're too young. You don't remember that. No, hey, oh, I, I did venture down MySpace for a hot second, but that was years ago and I was like 10. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. what's, a ten what's a 10 year old going to do on MySpace? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, so, so two, two things to get out of the way because I forgot last week and our one, our one other listener was giving me crap for not giving him a shout out. Uh, like I was all of our guests, but uh, happy belated birthday to at Ryan wears watches. And then also to folks in the Carolina watch club, uh, specifically bearded Southern gentlemen. This is actually my drink. It's not a sound effect. We shop in. <laughs> it is actually, idea, though. You, should re- you should record that. Uh, my ice cubes are melted. Yeah, no, they, they, yes. Is that like a sound effect? You guys is like, Nope, Nope. We don't edit anything <laughs> that is legitimately my glass. Going into the microphone. That's a good idea, though. Just record it. It is. I mean, yeah, it's, in there. It we're just super low tech, though. Um, all right, incredibly low tech. Uh, yeah, now that we got that out of the way, um, we got Zach on because not only does he have Cincy Strapco, but he also has Nereus watches, which we talked a little bit about last time back in. Yeah. I think it was March. Yeah, uh, but he's in his pre-order phase right now with the Santiago. So, talk to us a little bit about. Yeah, what started Nereus? What got you into going from straps to watches? 
and then we'll get into a little bit more about the specs and everything on the on the Santiago. But we'll, we'll let's go from uh, let's go from the beginning. What's the origin story? Man, I you know so um, when I started out into watches, you know subs were Rolex sub was you know like my grail. Um, I've been lucky enough to to own a couple of them, um, but you know that that's really what hooked me in was you know those sub homages. So I've always wanted to do it. Um, there wasn't really anybody making you know an homage to the Tudor sub. Um, the seven six one zero zero with the lollipop hour hand. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of obviously you know different sub homages, um, but no one was doing that, and I I don't think, to my knowledge, still has. I know there was one that was going to, but then they kind of just disappeared. Um, I don't know what happened to them, or you know, with that project or their other projects. Um, so I was like, yeah, you know, definitely move forward with it. Um, but, you know, it's just it's something else, you know, it's just a, another project, you know, that that started out w- with the passion of, of watches and, you know, the people around watches, all the people I've, you know, met through watches like in real life and um, online, you know, so it, it was just kind of that next step. Um, obviously not stopping doing straps. But, um, yeah, the Santiago, man, it took me, I did a lot, um, took me a while with the designing, even though it's a sub homage, um, not, it's not really a straight, it's not a straight copy, um, especially the case, the case, um, is definitely not a straight copy. Um, it definitely obviously lends itself to, um, really those four digit Submariner cases, um, but again not not a straight copy it's a little bit thinner i think i don't even know what the i don't remember what the mid case thickness is of like a 5513 um you know especially like if it's got a plexi crystal it's going to be way taller so um yeah just kind of like a, a modern iteration of you know what we all wanted to see from tudor at basel when they get <laughs> that big teasers. And that was actually like my first post on Instagram with it was like, I promise you're not going to be disappointed this time because <laughs> it was a huge letdown, I think, because everyone was like there, it's going to be some sort of, you know, Tudor sub reissue. And it just wasn't at all. Nope. Um, so I was like, yep, definitely have to move forward. So I did prototyping, um, went through that, um, at the peak of COVID. So, yep. <laughs> prototyping took way longer than you know i expected even my factory expected um because obviously they were dealing with it way sooner uh than we did mm-hmm. so it, it hit like really it, it was towards the end but things essentially just shut down completely you know and not only that there was chinese new year thrown in there which we had planned for but so we just got pushed back and pushed back um so finally got them um, I actually don't even have one right now because they're all out with people for review. They've been out for a couple months, I think, at this point, getting passed around. Um, so thank you to everybody who's taken their time to throw a video, an article, take pictures. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so hopefully we can basically what I'm trying to do is not self-fund it. Right. So we did pre-orders pre-orders actually end on the, I think it's Friday the 16th. 
So it'll be three days after this goes live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Friday the sixteenth, um, it's hugely discounted from what retail is going to be. Um, and you know, like I, I've seen some people are like, I don't know, I think it's still kind of expensive for a pre-order, but it, it's it. You know, people are like, well, you can get this with uh, an Eta movement and this with that movement. Um, it's hard because a watch isn't just the sum of its parts. You know what I mean? Um, and not only that, you know, Steinhardt may sell something for 500 or 550 bucks, but, you know, with an Etta, one, that Etta 2824 um, isn't really that much cheaper than a Miyota movement or honestly better performance-wise than like a Miyota 9015 or 9039. Um the reason I went with Miyota over an Etta was um, two things. One, the Miyota is very thin, so we could go with that really thin mid case. And two, because of availability, just plain and simple, because you basically could get in a spot where you you design everything, right? Your case is designed, your dials, your hands, everything is designed around an Etta movement. And then when your manufacturer goes to order those movements from their suppliers. When you start production, they may not have the numbers that you need. You know what I mean? Um, so that was um, my biggest determining factor. Um, because like I said, that the Eta movement really wasn't that much more expensive and wouldn't have really made the watch much more expensive um, retail wise, but yeah, I just, you know, I didn't want to be in that position where we go to start and that, you know, my manufacturer was happy about that because, you know, we, we looked into the, the availability of the 2824s, um, and not just, you know, f basically from reliable suppliers. Um, and they were super pumped that, you know, I, I was leaning towards the Miyota because they were afraid of basically the same reason that, you know, I came to them with. So, and my manufacturer is great. I, I can't tell you some of the other micro brands that, um, you know, I, I've recognized unbranded parts and cases, uh, you know, from, but, uh, you know, cause I, I don't want to do that to any of those brands, but just, I mean, they work with some great brands. Um, they OEM for some, for some really good micros out there. So um, I think it's a great product and especially at the pre-order price, it's a great deal. Um, so, yeah. So hopefully we can get over the line. Basically, I just, I, I want to, there's a certain number I want to hit um, in our pre-orders, right? So I don't have to self-fund. Um, and, you know, I, I'm kind of torn on if I don't get there, you know, my next step. So, It'll basically be, you know, I either decide to to self fund the rest or just look at like Kickstarter, you know, something to to raise a little bit more. Um, and yeah, Kickstarter takes a big percentage, which is kind of why I stayed away from it. Um, but it also puts it out there to a huge, huge audience. So, mm -hmm. but Kickstarter is kind of tough. I think is um, a basically a first project. I feel you know what I mean. Um, so that's why, you know, I obviously been in this for, you know, 
five years as, as a business with Cincy Shrapco and, you know, in the hobby even longer than that. So, um, you know, it's something we'll deliver and deliver a good watch. You know what I mean? And I, it sucks. I don't even think you guys have been able to see it because we haven't had, we haven't had any get together since, uh, since I've gotten the prototypes because of COVID. Yeah, no, we haven't. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, that'll change soon and we can get it in everyone's hands and they can check it out. But yeah, it's a cool watch, man. It's like, um, I think it's just over 12 millimeters thick, including the crystal case back. Here's the thing. A lot of dudes will be like, oh, it's, you know, 12 and a half millimeters thick oh, plus the crystal. Like, No, this is a single dome sapphire crystal, uh, which like I, I kind of wanted to go with a little bit taller double dome, but it's just trying to keep that that thickness down. Uh, mm-hmm. So it wears really well and like it, it wears well, even, you know, I have like seven and three quarter almost, you know, upper, you know, about that wrist and it's great on mine. And, you know, like my wife wears it and she's got like, I don't know, like under a six inch, you know what I mean? Like under six inch wrist. So it's great for, for uh, all wrist sizes, man. That's why I thought it was uh, the good first one. So hopefully once we do that, we can, you know, move on and make some other cool tool watches. So, um, yeah, man, that's where we're at. So hopefully that's a pretty good, it's a pretty good rundown of, of what you're, what you're doing. I mean, I guess one of the other things that we didn't get to on the last episode was, uh, like what's behind the name? Where'd you come up with, uh, with Nereus? (laughs) So Nereus was (laughs) like, I, I was talking about before we started recording, um, I, I I really like I was like oh the naming the brand won't be that hard you know let's work on other stuff obviously once I started to get into the you know working with my designer you know when we were laying the dial out and, and the scripts and the fonts um, and my initial designer Victor Victor Marks thank you um, for all your work on it man um, you know I had to have a name so that that we could you know lay the dial out. Um, so I spent a long time, you know, brainstorming, Googling, uh, bouncing it off of other watch guys. Um, and like, like I said before, you know, I basically wanted to, to not go over, you know, six letters, um, just because I, I felt like it made it easier design wise and aesthetic wise, not to have a big, huge, you know, brand name across the top of the dial. Christopher Ward. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, like that, and like, I I didn't want a big, huge, like two lines of brand name and, you know, so it was tough. And um, Nereus is, um, he's like a Greek god, one of the, like, apparently many Greek gods of the sea. And um, yeah, so I was like, that was cool. We, we mocked it up on, the first dial because the first dial didn't have a logo. We just mocked everything else up, got, got the dial layout right with the, you know, plate size and the window opening size, um, or dial opening size, sorry. And we threw it on there and it worked, man. It looked great. Um, so that's it, really, it's it. there's no special meaning behind it. It just looked good and, worked and i mean obviously we kind of it was a diver you know um not necessarily that every watch i do will be some sort of diver um really tool watches because that's kind of my 
you know, I think what a lot of people like. Um, just not a general mm-hmm. guy. I mean, anybody in the in the Red Bar group who knows you is going to think Zach dress washes. Right. <laughs> Bearded dude wearing flannel dress washes. Yeah. And yep, exactly. Definitely <laughs> wear paddock and stuff. But yeah, so, but no, I mean, that's, you know, and so it's always been the same for like straps. Like I, I, I've passed on trends or not, you know, gotten ahead of some trends uh, before they really took off because it's just like if it's not something I'm gonna wear and it's it's not something that I like I'm not gonna make it I'm not gonna sell it to people you know and like yeah it's fine like you can buy it somewhere else that's great there's lots of people now that that do that so yeah I just I make stuff that that I like and that I'll wear you know what I mean it's kind of uh, kind of my my same aim with um, with the watch brand so where we'll go probably down that that tool watch alley keep it there nice and nice and focused on tool watches yeah makes sense i mean we all like tool watches um but you know run us through you know if people were out there looking to uh get into the brand where can they find you do you have a website any instagram videos or youtube videos that uh might have some reviews on it Oh my Currently. gosh, I do. Yeah, so it's just Nereus, <laughs> N-E-R-E-U-S, watches.com is the website. Um, all the specs are on there, so uh, all that information is there. Um, Instagram is just at Nereus Watches. Um, you can check out, there's a couple reviews um, that have gone up on YouTube. So Random Rob threw up a review. Um and then there's a couple other ones. I have to look up their YouTube name. Like I know their real names, but I have to look up their YouTube names. <laughs> so, hang on. Sorry if you hear my YouTube in the background. So Pete at so Pete's channel is called Chilling with Wit Watches. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He, I think, uh, I think he, he put up the first one. I think he's so, been on, uh, been mentioned on Forty and Twenty plenty of times. Like, yeah. So watches, yeah. Yeah, Pete was a super nice guy. and was really eager to check it out, so I was pumped uh, to, to get him to watch. And then Casper. So Casper did a really cool review on it. And let me look up Casper's um, YouTube channel. I can't remember. Hang on. I'm just hoping that you're going to say the Urban Gentry here. No. <laughs> <laughs> Casper, um, friendly ghost. So Casper, his channel is Ghost Watches on YouTube. Of course. (laughs) So, um, but, and then, you know, so he actually sent me a message and was like, hey, Pete's got the watch, you know, and I was talking to him. Is it cool if I check it out next? He's like, you know, I actually found out like I'm semi-local to you. I'm, he's like, I'm up in Dayton. Um, even he's like, you know, after I get it from Pete, you know, if you want, I'll, you know, drive the watch down to you. And I was like, dude, you don't have to do that. Um. So, you know, I'm just, I'm super appreciative of anybody who's taking their time um, to, to throw a review up, you know, because it's, you know, everyone's just, they're spending their time doing the review and the video and, you know, guys know the video, the editing, all that kind of stuff, you know, it, it, everyone time, you know, 
it's time to see, which is why we don't do that much video right. or, or any well, at all. Right. And I'm trying I think we've got three, three total or something like that. Yeah. And they were all one shot, like three minute takes. It's like, it's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> it is no joke, man. No, it's not. It's a lot of time. I think, I think that's everyone right now. So Rob sent them um, to another YouTuber for a review. So that will, I don't know when that's going to come out. There's also, um, Mike, Mike's got watches did mm. a, um, write up for watch clicker. So there's yep. a great article on there, um, that, that you can go check out. So yeah. And hopefully, um, you know, I think Chad at, I think it's CKS time, has he's got two of them right now and he's been snapping some pictures so you can check them out on instagram um obviously kid wizzle's got uh oh yeah a black date dial so you can check out his instagram for some pictures of it but and remind me you're doing you're doing essentially kind of four different versions two two no dates two dates black and blue but all matte Roulette date wheels for the dates. Roulette date wheels for the dates, and then um, two different bezel inserts. Yep. So hour and diver. Twelve hour and yeah, just a, the countdown dive dive bezel. So yeah, man, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping and I'm thinking basically what I'm going to do is probably have you know a, a full run of each bezel insert. So hopefully I'll be able to the goal is to be able to offer them for sale separately. So, you know, if somebody chooses the die bezel insert and they want a GMT insert or they, you know, want an additional insert or a different, you know, a black insert and they got a, a blue dial and blue insert that we'll be able to do that. So, you know, if somebody wants to fade an insert or, you know, I never thought about taking yeah. a, like a blue dial watch and putting a black bezel on it. Yeah. Doing the black, like G- and, and that's what's neat is, and I think that's what kind of elevates the design a little bit above like your standard homage is yeah. you're taking, the, I, I think if, you know, I, I haven't ordered one yet, but I think if I was going to get one, I would definitely go for the the 12 hour yeah. because as you know, and it's funny having talked with uh, Mitchell uh, from marathon yeah, I know uh, two weeks ago. I know you do. <laughs> uh, he's a good dude. Um, he's funny, man. He really is. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. Um, it, it was not at all what I expected. He was just it yeah. was such a fun interview. And, and it was funny. I actually, I actually, you know, I don't want to say thank you to Cole Pennington for putting us in touch by any means, because I just reached out to marathon, but had it not been for Cole bringing up the, the Arctic white, um, 36 millimeter that they diver that they do. Yeah. I wouldn't have known about them. And it's like, Holy cow, this is a whole other side of the watch industry that we don't really know about because of oh, yeah. their heritage. Um, but all the different uses for a 12 hour bezel that Mitchell was getting into. It's like, Oh, I never, I never thought about all the oh, different yeah, applications. Man. I mean, Everyone, obviously tracking a second time zone is easy, but the whole using it as a five minute timer to know when you need to switch yeah. the tool in your airplane wing. Cause you know, I'm flying so many airplanes that I have to switch. the. Fuel. Oh yeah. But that is a lot of people don't think about that. They just see the GMT. Yeah. Yeah. So you can still use it as a timing bezel because oh, yeah. every, every mark for an hour on there is, five minutes five on minutes. the dial. So you can still use it as a timing bezel. So that was yep. why really, because it's, it's dual purpose in that sense, you know right. what I mean? Um, so that was why I, I initially, you know, the default offering was going to be a GMT insert because you can really, it's two oh, and yeah. it's, you know, it's something it's different than just 
a dive, you know, countdown dive timer insert. So, but yeah, that was, um, yeah, a lot of people don't think about that. They just see the GMT, um, you know, so they just think of tracking other time zone. But yeah, actually, like when I was wearing the prototypes, I, I still used them um, as timers all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I don't track another time zone myself. Um, right. But I mean, you barbecue every once in a while, right? Exactly. And that's, <laughs> still, you know, I was still using it for. But, you know, um, it's just it's just something I think people probably don't think about until they have it on their wrist and they go, oh, and they turn the bezel. And they're like, oh, I can, <laughs> I can use that just to, not just to track another time zone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's probably not something you would really think about until you're looking at it and you're like, well, oh, shit, I can do And that. a lot of the, a lot of the true, like not true GMTs, but the ones that have like a 24 hour bezel, yeah, you can do that, but it's a little bit tougher. And I mean, let's be real. Math is hard. So, <laughs> so like, you know, trying to figure out, okay, this is 24, like, how long has it been? And you know, the 12 hour makes it really easy. Cause everybody knows yeah. like there was one time I was thinking, like, I could probably use my dive bezel to track a second time zone if I really wanted to and do the math, but it's like, again, yeah. math is hard. So why would right. I want to do that? But like, and, and like I said, I, I think it kind of really, really elevates the design. And it, it's interesting to me that you mentioned using the Miyota over the Etta because of the mid case thickness. And I know when we had Laurier on, when they switched from the Seiko movement to the Miyota movement that they're putting in a lot oh, of their yeah. time only watches, it was for the same reason. Like we can shrink the case size down. We can shrink the mid case down and really make a much more wearable watch. And I think that's yeah. kind of what you're going for is you're making something that is very wearable and it's because of the parts you put in, it makes it the entire package. For you know, sure. It makes it different. Um, yeah. And you know, honestly, I, I would, there's a very strong case that can be made for the Miyota being a better overall movement and more reliable um, than the Etta. I know some people close your ears because you don't want to hear that kind of shit. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I have an Etta in my tutor and all the tutors that I've owned and, you know, they were great. Um, but the, the Miyota is... I guess it's at least a comparable movement. Whether some people like to to admit that it, it really it it really is from a watch perspective. And here's the thing too: if you ever have a problem with a Miyota movement, it's cheaper to replace the movement than to have your at a serviced. Boom, problem solved for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Outside of warranty, just you. Buy one, ha have somebody, you know, or do it yourself or have a watchmaker swap the movement out. Take them like 10 minutes. I don't know. I don't swap movements. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's not, it, it's really not like, it's not something that's going to take them hours to do. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. they're going to break down the movement and do a full service. And with Miyota's, it's just plain and simple, not like, you know, in, in warranty period, really, my plan is to, you know, it, depending on on what the issue would be for somebody, but most likely you'd be getting a brand new regulated movement, as you know, because it's more. It's just it makes more sense for us to do that than to service it and you know do a full service on it. So mm -hmm. it just, but yeah, it depends. So 
yeah, but that, you know, that, that's the plan as far as warranty stuff goes, but yeah, you know, and like I said, if you get outside of warranty, whether it's my watch or, you know, anybody else's brand that makes a Miyota, just bro, just buy a new movement and take it to somebody <laughs> or, you know, have them swap it. Just easier. Yeah. So what I would do, you know what I mean? Like that, that's yeah. if it was like, if I was the consumer with it, th that's what, what I would do with it. So that was kind of, you know, that was part of the thought process behind, um, not using the ETA along with, you know, the, the possible availability ever since they decided to kind of, kind of squeeze, you know, um, the, the selling of, of their ETA movements. So. Um, I don't think Miyota and Seiko have done that, but yeah. And, you know, that was the other, um, I, I kind of thought about the Seiko, um, for a minute. It's cheaper. Um, it's probably about as much cheaper than the Eta is more than the Miyota, if that makes sense. Um, without telling you guys like, the, like cost. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously you're buying hundreds at a time. So like, you, you know, most people aren't going to get that cost you know um but it you know otherwise you know everybody who doesn't love a seiko you know what i mean yeah. and they're they're usually dead nuts reliable um but you know i just we couldn't couldn't build the watch you know to to where we wanted it basically um with that movement so yeah for not a lot more money the miyota i think is a nice step up from from the Seikos, but Seiko, you know, those, the NH36 or 4R36, whatever, whatever you want to call it, um, is uh, pretty bulletproof. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I a handful of them and never had problems. So good movement, no shame or, you know, to whoever, if people are using them when, the, you know, when they build them, I may use them in the future. You know what I mean? Like it, it yeah. just, so lots of people use them. Seiko uses them for a reason. So yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you got to you got to go with what goes with the design that you're trying to get to. And if if yeah. if, the, if it would have made the watch too thick or would have made the mid case too broad, like it, right. it makes sense to go with what fits in. And I can't remember what episode we talked about this on, but it might have been with Wes from Notice Watches. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're to the point where if if you're if you're really into the watches for the accuracy, obviously you're going to be paying more for chronometer grade superlative chronometers from that brand with the five pointed crown, you know, Mitas certified uh, watches from Omega with the, with the anti-magnetic stuff. But realistically, the most accurate watch you're going to have is in your phone or is, is your phone in your pocket. It's, it's funny. We're all back to pocket watches, oddly enough, if you think about it right. that way um, or realistically too. I mean, I've got a couple of Casios, just like a lot of us have some G shocks. Yeah. And those things are more accurate than any of the mechanical watches we'll ever strap to our wrist. For sure. When it comes down to what I am now looking at when I add to my collection or I look at watches that I want, it's the design aspect. Right. And you buy what you like and you are you gravitate to what you like. And there's certain things that people like. And, and like we said, the Miyota versus a Seiko versus an Etta, as long as it's not going to break on me right away, and as long as it's going to keep decently accurate time, I don't really... I'm starting to become movement agnostic. I mean, unless I'm paying for said movement and I know that going into it, but like I'm looking at stuff for the design and 
if the Nereus has a thinner mid case and looks kind of like the idealized version of that Tudor sub with the lollipop hands with a GMT bezel and the awesome roulette, I love roulette date wheels. If that's yeah. what you're going for and that's the movement that makes that all that package come together because of the mid case, then that's the one that should be in it. Like that's right. the movement that should be in it. And it's a reliable movement. And it's not like nobody is going to care. Like nobody's going to care about being 15 seconds late. Right well, <laughs> at this point, like <laughs> some people might, but so I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah. like seriously, like is, is anybody oh, you're 15 seconds? Like other than that social studies teacher in eighth grade, 15, 20 years ago, yeah. <laughs> like seriously, I think, honestly, yeah. so I don't know. I mean, some people maybe accuracy, you know, not nuts, but you know, accuracy is, is a determining factor for them. Um, but I also, I kind of feel like it, it is something that people worry about when they first get into the hobby, right? Because it's yeah. like one of those things that, that as someone who's new and if you don't have a lot of knowledge of, of watches or how they work or, you know, that kind of stuff, like it's one of those things you can track and you know what I mean? So I, I feel like that's kind of just like when you get into the hobby, you kind of like care and like, time it and like dude when i set a watch if it's as long as it's like on the same minute that i set it to like my phone or whatever i'm setting it to like cool mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but I, I will say i i do prefer a watch to run fast as opposed to oh, slow yes <laughs> but that's that's like the only thing but if it's like 10 15 20 seconds slow you know a day like Okay. You know, like, it, whatever. Like, it's probably, it's, I'm probably going to take it off and wear something, you know, the next day or within a couple of days. So, like, yeah. it's, it's not yeah. going to I mean, it's, it's funny because, like, I go the same. I always set my watches at least a minute or two fast because, like, it's just, it's one of those things. And yeah. it, it drives my wife nuts because I always tell her, like, it's, oh, it's not, and, like, I like to be early and we're not even going to get it. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so I'm safe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a white free zone right now yeah and i hope none of my relatives who listen will tell her about this but like i mean it, it, he will he will but he but to, the, the funny thing is though is like you're talking about that people getting into the hobby and i mean i've only been in it for just over three years and you're right you learn about okay you, you learn about the mechanical movements oh chronometer grade mechanical movements and then you then you read back and i go back to the one comment that my grandfather made um and he's completely right he's like well, I thought quartz was the latest technology and I thought that was, and he's, he's right. It's the latest technology. Yeah. It's the most accurate. And if you want like the most accurate watch citizen and Seiko, the, 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 the movements they're making with quartz technology right now that are oh, yeah. expensive one, like the nine F like the, the, the grand Seiko nine F quartz. And then the citizen, the one that's in that one, that's like a millimeter, th the whole watch is a millimeter yeah. thick yes. and yeah, it's yeah. Yep. eco drive and it has like, it, it's accurate to with plus or minus a second a year nobody can top that with a mechanical movement. So like right. you go through the whole phase of getting in and you're like, well, crap, quartz is still the better technology. And it, and it, and it <laughs> is from an accuracy standpoint. And for some folks, probably to a design standpoint, I mean, the fact that Piaget can make a two millimeter thick automatic watch is insane, but yeah, absolutely insane. The fact that you can make a one millimeter thick quartz watch is also equally insane. Both of those things are insane. So, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. So, it also be like wearing a piece of paper on your wrist. I'd be afraid to, and I think I actually remember listening to an episode of Hodinkee Radio 
or reading one of their articles about like when the Piaget Altiplano came out, like the yeah. is part of the case is, is is some of the bridges and like the actual like right. movement plate. They you could see it and you could pick it up, but you couldn't put it on because they were afraid if somebody tightened it too far, it would bend. That was just the prototype. Nice. A year and a half, <laughs> two years later, they're actually selling these things, and if they're selling them they're pretty confident that it still works if you put it on and accidentally strap it on too tight. Right. It just, again, blows my mind that something that is three sheets of paper thick tell Crazy. the time. That's nuts. It is nuts. <laughs> anyway, that's that's a bit of a long-winded spiel. Um, yeah, but, you know, honestly, man, like, so, like, I have a two G-Shocks, I think, and I have, like, an old Casio... Um, chronograph with a pet like it's actually a legit faded pepsi bezel it's like a watch from the 90s on a jubilee bracelet um mm-hmm. that's about as quartz as as i go but you know like I, I wouldn't be opposed to you know doing like a high accuracy quartz um down the line or you know something like that so i think that could be cool in a field watch that would be uh, cool in a field watch so but i mean there's lots of of good quartz movements out there. Uh, yeah. So definitely not something or like wall Brock or wall Brook. I think they just reissued that. Um, what is it like the Mecca quartz where um, the, the second hand still sweeps. Yeah. Um, but it's a quartz movement. You know, I wouldn't be opposed to something like that. So yeah. um, definitely things that, you know, I, I will, I'm going to look at down the line. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I definitely, I think there's people that enjoy it. I mean, obviously, you know, like Breitling wouldn't make their quartz watches. Sega wouldn't make their quartz watches. So the 9F's a little different with like how well it's finished as opposed to most quartz. Um, But, you know, if people didn't buy them, they wouldn't make them. So plus I think there's something to, I mean, I still think they're cool as far as, you know, the, the world of watches goes, you know, whether as much as everyone romanticizes, you know, we romanticize automatic and manual movements. Um, you know, it's like the, it's like those guys that think their 350, their Chevy small block with a carburetor is better than, you know, that guy swapped in, you know, LS twin turbo and their Chevy pickup, you know, it's just, it's not better. <laughs> like it may, it may be romantic to have to pump the gas to to fill the carburetor up, but um, you know it's pretty romantic to have a thousand wheel horsepower. So you know what I mean. Like yeah, it's kind of kind of the way I think about it. As far as you know, like you said, like your grandpa said, it's the most recent technology. Grandpa, you're right, bro. Like <laughs> you nailed that, dude. Well, and, and the fun thing too is is. He's part of the reason I got into watches and just a little sidetrack here. He, he's been wearing the same Seiko and my first, the first watch that I actually went out and spent money on was a citizen, but it was a titanium citizen with gold accents. And because he's got a Seiko that oddly enough, the bracelet design is eerily similar to my, the grand Seiko I just picked up a few weeks ago. Um, So the bracelet design is very similar, um, but it's a titanium Seiko kinetic um, so even though he's got, even though it's a Seiko, it's, and it's quartz, it's still the kinetic movement that charges the capacitor and everything like that. So right. it's, it's, it's got the little rotor yeah. in the back and it's, right. it's, it's kind of the, it's kind of the, it's not quite the spring drive, but like, that's what I have is the spring. So it's, it's, 
the spring drive is like the next version of that where yeah, the, the kinetic still kind yeah. of like that hybrid. It did. It, yeah. It's, it's a pretty neat thing to see. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's the, one of the watches that got me started um, to get down to that. Um, but we got a little bit of time left. I want to talk to you about, I want to get somebody else's opinion. So we did this. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're springing it on you we're gonna spring it on right. you so we did, well i mean so well i mean you you sell you sell uh fitted rubber straps that uh uh-huh. fit into certain rolex and tudor and panerai models uh-huh. so what do you think of the new rolex releases we've gotten our three opinions i'd like to know what uh what you think of uh of the new rolex releases which ones the the new subs let's just we'll start with the new subs and then we'll get into Um, the ops because i feel like the ops are going to be a different answer or at least a more exciting answer than the subs no so i i think the subs um are a definite upgrade over that maxi case um it was kind of what i I think the people that i talked to were expecting to happen at basel Mm -hmm. like last year um was that they were going to bring out the slim down you know hopefully slim down lugs and they finally did it uh but you know the fact that they named it or sorry listed the size as 41 millimeter is what i think threw everyone up in arms over it because I guess it's a sub. It has to be 40 millimeters. Even (laughs) the maxi maxi case really, I think wears more like 41 or maybe even 42. Um, But I I haven't spent tons of time with a maxi case. I mean, I've tried on a couple people's, you know, but I mean, you had the Hawk. So um, I don't, you would probably have to almost put the new one on to compare. But I mean, what was it like some, they had posted up that the old maxi case was like 40.3 millimeters and they called it 40 and the new one's like 40.5 or 40.6. Right. And they call it four. Yeah. Which, and and they slim the lugs, but that was, how I was taught to round. that was how I was taught to round. So 40.3 should be 40. Yeah. 40.6 should be 41. Like that was how in, in school, I know they do different math these days in school, but sure. when I did math, it was you above five, five and up, you round up below five, you round down. So I give them credit for that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Um, but they, they fucked up when they, you know, made the lug width wider. We should have narrowed the lugs all the way around and kept it 20, but it's my personal opinion. So I'm kind of with you on that. I'm kind of with I will, you. On I, will that. Say, I will say though, now, now that Rolex has finally ventured into the 21 millimeter lug category, I'm sure a lot more people that make straps, you know, <laughs> that, uh, are going to start venturing into those weird lug size, uh, you know, like 19, 21, you know, that those might have been why I was going down that rabbit hole was to see if there are going to be some like new straps. <laughs> yeah. Dude, nobody that bought, well, I shouldn't say nobody because there have been a handful of people that, you know, have put the the maxi case on a nylon single piece strap. Well, Uh, I haven't done a single piece. I've done your two piece and I've done the double pass. Yeah. Double pass, single piece. Um, It looks good on the stuff. It looks really good on the stuff bond. Yeah, it's not something that people do a lot. So, like, is somebody really going to be putting their their new, you know, Kermit ceramic bezel, um, almost 41 millimeter sub on, you know, a nylon strap? Like, 
probably not enough for me to make hundreds of yards of material and make straps. Maybe they want a leather strap. I got you. We can make, we'll make a leather strap any size that you want. Any size. So <laughs> Spangler, 21 millimeters all day. That's right. <laughs> as my, uh, as long as the, uh, the fellas out at R&P can hook me up with those brand new uh, Kermit subs. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely like at least in the top three of that waiting list. I guarantee it. I have a good feeling about it. <laughs> I don't think so at all. <laughs> don't don't break my heart here. You say top 300? Is that yeah, what top 300. Yep. Yeah, huh, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with yeah. that. Um, but, I mean, yeah. So, about uh, rubber, though? Are you, are you going to go down that, venture down that route with rubber? I know you just did the other ones, which fit a lot of other models and that was the nice thing about the uh the the 20 millimeters was that it fit a lot of other watches if you will like i've got one on my seamaster right now <laughs> my my wife's down here <laughs> <laughs> just block out the judgment don't don't look at her just block it yeah. out <laughs> now she's gonna split me off <laughs> but um so rubber straps, will I make them for the new sub? Um, rubber straps, they're tough, man. Um, they're tough to make. It's expensive to make them unless you're like buying from resellers. Um, so it's just a fairly large investment to do. So I'm sure that Everest will beat everybody to it. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. sure they're working on it before the, the new Rolex were released. You know what I mean? Like they sure. Sure they were, because I, I think the speculation was there for probably almost two years. Uh, you know, it was, that's what was happening to the, mm. to the subs when they released. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe eventually down the line, but no, I mean, initially, no, just because it's strictly for one brand new model. And I mean, how many people are getting them right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, to your point, there are more people who have five and six digit subs out there than there are people oh, yeah. who have the new 12 series six digit sub. Exactly. And that oh, yeah. will be the yep. case for a while. For sure. So I'm sure those guys would love to have that option immediately, but I'm also sure that that the Rolex bracelet is phenomenal. You know what I mean? Like, So it's not, but some guys just want to throw on that leather get that sporty sporty look or that that rubber you know so no i'm i'm sure i will um at some point do them but it's tough man so many things on my plate um you do you've got a lot going on right now yeah, with uh, with the with the watch with a lot with a watch launch wow that's yeah a, that's actually a tough thing to say really quickly watch launch yeah, watch, launch. watch launch <laughs> i'm gonna try it yeah. Watch launch. Okay. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, watch um, yeah I mean, so I'm sure there will be, I'm sure at least, you know, I'm sure Everest, like I said, we're working on it and we'll have, you know, something out, um, which cool, man. You know, that's just, that's their expertise. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, they make great stuff. Um, but so my opinion on the other models, I, I really, really like, um, the the new ops that came out as soon as i saw them i, I think i actually sent them in our group chat on I think instagram you did, yeah and uh some of it one of it was it was i pulled it from a facebook group but um it was like actual pictures in a case 
um, of them. So it was probably like the first ones. I don't even know like where that, you know, that AD was at. Um, but I was kind of bummed that the, like the, what do they call it? Coral red. Yeah. Yeah. Because I felt like in their pig in their, sorry, their quote, I'm, I'm doing air quotes pictures. Um, <laughs> when they released it, it was more orange than, than red. So I was kind of, I was like, hell yeah. You know, like I like that orange. So I was kind of mm-hmm. bummed it was a little more red. And I've seen a couple pictures of it, but I think, oh, dude, that pink one, that pink one's, that, that pink, pink one, one is pretty sweet. Cool. Yeah, man. I think it's the great. Tiffany blue is pretty good too. Yeah, I, I like them all. Um, I think the pink is kind of a, a lot of people, like, oh, pink, but it's not, it's not like it's, it's not bright pink. And it's almost, you know, I feel like that pink, that shade of pink is almost like a white where it can go with, you know, you can wear it basically with anything. You can wear it with any color strap you want. You know what I mean? Hold like, on, hold on. Are we talking about what you can wear with what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't just, don't be getting the, the black dye and wearing some navy blue with it. Yeah, I know. This will be two episodes in a row where I brought that up. Don't tell Tudor about that rule with their black dials and navy bezels. Yeah. Don't tell any Xavier fans who have a Tudor Black Bay 36 that they, oh, I can't wear my Black Bay 36 with my Xavier hoodie. Right. <laughs> those guys that have, you know, bezels that have faded from black to bluish U. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Like Nick, Nick Sub is like that. His kind yeah. of has a hue. Yeah. So, or, or, you know, people are thinking of buying the Nereus and grabbing a blue bezel to put on their black dialed watch. I know. It's sacrilege. I know. Um, Holy cow. <laughs> but it works. So. It does work. Works really yeah. good, actually. Yeah, I think it um, really comes down to to just wearing what you like. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, that's the truth. Well, I mean that in the background yeah, that uh that pink the oh, yeah. the pink one. I mean, to your point, like people love the uh, at least in our circles that I've yes you know, we have a couple friends who have the uh, the uh, spring version of the uh, seasons collection from Grand Seiko. And that's kind of got that pinkish hue to it, which is, that's yeah. Which, when, uh, when he when uh, it's Nick that has that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he posts that, I'm always I always forget that it's kind of got that pinkish hue. Now, granted, I think the the Rolex OP is a little more pastel-y, right? Yeah. It's a little bit brighter of a pink, but it's still I think it can go with anything. But you know, like if you're wearing a dial like that too, or like the Tiffany blue or the yellow or the orangish red, like you're not, it's a fun watch. You know what I yeah. mean? It's not your uh, only one. <laughs> well, right. But it's also, you know, that's like, it's a fun watch. So, you know, like it is what it is. Like I, I like them. They're it's different dial colors, but did it deserve all the hype it got? Like probably not. You know, um, I think it because, got all that hype because Rolex is not known for, you know what I mean? Like, well, they're not I mean, known for being fun. <laughs> well, they are, but it just in modern history or in modern Rolex, it's you, you usually have to spend a lot of money for their fun dials. I mean, there's some like funky date just dials. That's true. That, you know what I mean? That are out there, but um, yeah not kind of at the price point that that the op is at um which i mean for some people still isn't accessible but you know what i mean like that's that's their entry level into the brand so um, i think in that aspect that's you know probably made the most sense for them to 
kind of go crazy with those colors on on the op as opposed to anything else but um you can get some wild dials yeah man i think it made sense for rolex to do that on those models um but like yeah they were cool but the hype that i mean i still i think there's lots of people that apparently like you have to go on a wait list for the ops too like the whole wait list thing is just starting to get nuts utter nonsense i mean it's i don't know it's just kind of insane that and and they kind of joked about it on Hodinkee that like there's going to be one dial color that's going to be the one that everybody wants that's the one that you can't get for whatever reason and it, yeah it's insane for oh, I'm sure. yeah but yeah I, I don't know i mean i understand from from their their brand perspective and brand value um why the supply is like it is, uh, but there's also, I think, a lot of speculation around um, their actual production, and there was speculation, I think, a couple of years ago that they had like shut down part of the factory or a different factory because they were moving or upgrading. Like, there's all kinds of speculation around it. No one really knows. I, I think what it comes down to is just, I mean, my in my opinion, it's it's intentional it's not an accident, you know, it's to create that exclusivity 100% in my opinion. So, um, I am wrong sometimes, but, uh, you know, like, <laughs> that's just what I, yeah, that's what I, I, I think it is. And, you know, for all the money that they pour into marketing, uh, you know, it kind of, it makes sense for, for them to do it as, you know, enthusiasts or, collectors it you know it sucks when you want to be able to walk in and be like yeah can i get the new you know pepsi gmt and they're like the white gold and you're like no not the white gold <laughs> i just want this like oh that's hilarious you know how you how much have you spent with us like that is you know what i mean like um yeah so and a lot of that just comes down to because each ad just they have their allotment yeah. you know what i mean so um, it just depends. Some will, I guess, apparently, according to the internet, do it based on how much you've spent there. Um, others, it's just, it's, you know, obviously based on your relationship, which to some means how much you've spent there. Others is just your relationship with that AD. You know what I mean? Um, so, and from the AD, I, I can understand that, you know, because you want to, you know, be able to give your, your good and regular customers, you know, the watch that that is desirable and that they want. Um, but again, for somebody who's not, you know, buying a, a new watch once a month at an, uh, an AD, you know, that sucks that you can't just walk in and buy it, you know, when dudes used to go buy 6542s from like military supply store. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, that's, it, yeah, it's that's a weird. Crazy. When you yeah. think about it, it's like, Dudes just used to walk in and and buy, you know, uh, 6542 or 1675 GMT or 5513 and like the military supply store, like on base or, you know, wherever they were. Like how many times have you, have you heard that story from from people, you know, and that's the craziest part. And I think that's probably the part that a lot of us are are envious of that they could literally not even a Rolex AD. Oh, yeah. That but they could just walk in and and 
buy it. So from that that point, yeah, it sucks. Um, but you know, I, I think it's definitely definitely they're doing. So whether you like it or not, some people I'm sure it's soured. You know the brand. Um, other people don't give a shit, and you know they'll pay a markup on you know the secondary market or from a gray dealer, which it's not for me. But um, you know, some people don't. Nope. They just they love the watches that much, and like I, I don't fault you know if somebody wants to pay, you know, what are Daytona is now eighteen grand. You know, like yeah, you're, you're like paying. off by four figures on that. <laughs> what the Daytona's? The, on yeah, the, on the secondary. Yeah, what are they selling for now, dude? Some of the white dials are north of twenty-five. Really? Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe I, I don't know about those. I think if you go on forums, you can probably get them for like eighteen to nineteen from like normal dudes to sell them on forums, not like chronic caliber bullshit. Nonsense. Oh, that's true. But like, if you go out and you Google where it's at, it's going to be north of twenty. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can you can probably yeah. snag them for less, yeah. but yeah, like you're going to yeah. see them for twenty plus. Which yeah. just again, it's. It's a nice watch, but it's retails less than that new three two one speedy. <laughs> yeah, you know, here's one for. Hey, don't don't break my heart with that speedy. You know, I love that watch. <laughs> mm. Here's one for twenty six nine. I mean, okay, so I was wrong because the Zenith Daytonas are selling for for twenty. Some of them more in precious metal. Um, mm-hmm. huh. Yeah, they are. Selling for like twenty five for the ceramic day. Here's a ceramic Daytona twenty eight. Like Jeez. you know, and but if that's what you got to do to buy one, you know, I and you really, really, really want that watch. Like I, I get it, you know. And if you have the means to do it, yeah, for sure, do it. Um, you know, it's just it's kind of part of it. Yeah, you know, if you, yeah. especially if you want to play the game, yeah. you know, at, at an AD or an AD that doesn't want to sell something to you then it's your only choice to to get the watch you know what i mean yeah so i get so what it do we, what do you think of, and we brought up speedmasters now this is probably actually more relevant um the new uh <laughs> the new snoopy what do you think about i mean i it, I, I like the colorway i like that it's it's weird that they went blue but it's mainly a white watch so i like that um yeah. it's the, i think that to me the most interesting thing about that watch is that it's not a limited edition it's going to be probably limited availability but it's not a true it is, yeah. LE, which is very interesting to me. Well, then they just say it's limited production, but not limited edition. What's the difference? Limited edition is numbered and limited production. Of course, production's limited. You know, it's right. going to be limited within, oh, uh, we're going to, you know, I mean, they're going to, I'm sure, sell more than they produce, no matter how many they produce, you know, within uh, a certain number of of watches um but um yeah i mean i I think i've never gotten the allure of having a cartoon character on your watch (laughs) i I haven't and it's not for me that that watch is literally only for people that are just diehard speedmaster fans and just like lose their minds over the snoopy watch yeah, I agree. It's, it's, uh, it's part of that hype that the old one created, you know, with being a limited edition. Like those prices are like through the roof too. I haven't checked the last time uh, or recently on like what those prices are currently, but I feel like they're north of twenty for those old original Snoopies. Those ones are kind of nuts, and that that's a very recent phenomenon, from what I understand. Like that, 
those that things, they went up. Yeah, like they didn't they didn't sell out of those in their initial run, and it took several years for them to go, and they just kind of hung out there for a while, and then they just like it's I, I don't know whether it's like people realize what they were, they skyrocketed, whatever. I mean, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I to me. The thing that I would like on that watch is if it was the blue, like if the design of the watch was the same on the front minus Snoopy on the front, and then Snoopy was on the case back animation, which I do think the case back animation. Yeah, I mean that was kind of really cool. cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, dude. So here's the original Snoopy. Now this watch is sold. Um, obviously, this is not necessarily the price that it was bought for, but it was mm-hmm. listed for thirty seven. 500 wow <laughs> holy cow wow, wow. <laughs> good <sighs> that's People insane must love <laughs> i don't know here's a uh, a different snoopy where it's black dial snoopy on the left I mean, he's, got the, he's got the blue it's it's the, it's the eyes on the, the blue background on the sub dial yep, yep, yep. yeah that one was like 15 i don't know what the original retail was but that case back's kind of cool. Like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, like, it's cute. You know, like, <laughs> cute, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I get it, I guess. I mean, so, and the other thing that's interesting to the, to me, like, like we talk about limited production versus limited edition and what's the difference. Like, the new 321 being a handmade movement, it's, it's like almost like what AMG used to be for Mercedes. Where yeah. was, like one or two dudes would build that engine and they would sign it when they were done. So you, right? Like, that's what the new three two one is going to be. Like that's it's handmade. Yeah. It's a scan of a couple of old watches. One watchmaker sits down and builds that watch. That one I get being limited production, but the Snoopy, the Snoopy is a new three eight six one movement. So that's the one that's allegedly going to replace the eighteen sixty one. So that right. movement's going to be in like in within a year or two the three speedies that your AD has in the case are all going to be three, eight, six, one movements. Like it's not like right. it's going to be a handmade hard to get movement. That's the movement that it's, that's going to be in there. So limited production really just means that like they decide to put a blue strap and a dot. Uh, again, the animation on the case back is a little bit different. You have to figure yeah. out a way to hook that up to the movement. So I, I get that part of it, but it's not like you have one watchmaker hand assembling that movement. So, right. Are these going to be? And the thing that I find interesting is a lot of what Omega, and, and I feel like they catch more flack for it. Them and Seiko catch more flack for it than a lot of other brands of, oh, all these limited editions, all these limited editions. Well, kind of the ones that you would expect them to do limited now, they're really not doing as limited editions. They're doing them as maybe limited availability or limited productions, but the new James Bond watch isn't an LE, the new Snoopy's not an LE. The three two one's not an LE, so like, yeah, are they getting away from it? Or are they? Or, and I think the interesting thing is, is it's really just that way they're not boxing themselves in to we're only like making so many, and you know which mm-hmm. number you have, or you know you only have so many. Also, so now it's like, well, did they make? Did they make seventeen hundred? Did they make two thousand? Did they make five thousand? Like nobody really knows, and I think that oh. makes more of the <laughs> intrigue, but. Does that up the price or da- I, I don't know? It's it's one of those things where you kind of wonder, and it, it's almost their way. Of, is it there? Is it their way of saying you know something? We get that there's people who are speculating on this and they're taking it away from our customers who actually really like the watch for what it is and the collectors. Does it does it help or hurt the collector? I don't know. It's an interesting, maybe it's an interesting take on a way to try to help the collector by not saying there's only two thousand of these and all these other people buy them and resell them and the people who really want right. to get it. 
I don't know. Well, I mean, I think they probably have to take into consideration that, you know, if that original Snoopy was sitting in, you know, cases at ADs or boutiques. Yeah. So was the Hulk for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's ugly as fuck. No, like, you know, like those are all things that I'm sure, you know, they, Omega makes a lot of watches. You know they, what I mean? They like, do. <laughs> they're, they're making a lot. But no, and I, I think Omega probably got the most shit because for a while there, they did nothing but limited, like everything they they released was a limited edition. And now I feel like everything Seiko releases um, is a limited edition. Um, I don't know if it if they think it helps justify like their, their bump in pricing, which I, I think was naive to think, you know, if you had handled when Seiko really started, I feel like upping it with like the the prospects or prospects, however you want to say it, line. If you handled one of those watches and you're like, oh yeah, this is, you know, not worth even the retail price, like you were crazy. And you had, because handling those watches, like, I mean, you could put them up against things that were double their even retail price and they held their own, you know what I mean? Oh, so. Yeah. I don't know if it's like it's helping to justify, you know, kind of their their prospects line, um, you know, seeing that increase in price or if it's just, you know, it's it's their new thing. I You know, I, I don't know, obviously, um, and, and we could guess, but I don't know. Um, I think you know, handling those watches, even those like original turtle reissues um, are really nice watches for, for the money. They really, um, I mean, you're talking to two guys mm-hmm. who bought some of their new, more expensive watches. Right. And I have the LE yep. and to be honest, the reason, and we talked about this, I think last week a little bit, but like on the group chat, like I bought the one that I bought less because it was an LE and more because I like the blue dial. Well, right. Yeah. yeah. And Which, I, don't, yeah. I don't know necessarily that people are, are, you know, like buying them because of their limited edition. I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think they kind of fuck those people that got the 6105 release that had yep. essentially grand Seiko movement in it when yeah. they brought out the Willard and like even Spence, your watch kind of fucked those guys that, bought that, that yeah. 62 loss um kind the of reissue because it i mean yeah the only thing i'll say about that though was i i talked to the so i was joking with blake our buddy blake yeah. return phillips and he's so, he, he he's knew so he knew i wanted the the 149 i was like i went in and i looked at the 143 which was the gray dial and the black willard and i was like you know i i really want i really want the 149 i want to see that in person like that's the one like if i was going to buy one of these that's the one i'm going to i'm going to buy and I came in and I checked it out and he's like, so we've got the SLA 037 down in the basement. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not buying that. Like, like it's a $5,700 watch versus the $1,300 watch. I was like, right. but I got, I got to try, like, you've got, it. I got to try it on. But between the time that I tried that on and came back to pick it up and actually made the decision to buy the 149, they sold the, the SLA 037. We were joking like that watch is never like, you're going to, you're going to hold that watch for forever because no one's going to. And he's like, he goes, dude, one of our longtime clients, 
who's a big Seiko dive nut. He's like, he's actually a professional diver. Like as all the certifications has done saturation dives, love Seiko nice. divers came in, saw that we had, it, and was like, I want it. And I just walked out with it. Like he goes, that watch actually wow. sold before you bought the first one four nine that we got. I was like, I was like, I'm, sh I'm, sh he goes, oh, I am too. He goes, he goes, but it was the right customer at the right time who wanted yeah. that. So like people who get it, yeah. get it. And I mean, it's a, like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I'm not of the means that I'm going to drop that kind of money on us on a, a, again, it's a, a fantastic Seiko for, for what it is. But like the one four nine gets me like 90% of the way there. <laughs> Yeah, it's not more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, they're, they're so yeah, rare. such good watch. I mean, Seiko's. I, I, I mean, I get that they, they're doing the LEs and they're making fifty five hundred of the one that I bought, but like, they're great watches. Like, I like the blue dial. That's the one that I bought. Like, the the, the gray dial is awesome as well. They wear the same from a case perspective. Like, they're so wearable. The Willard that Spangler's got wears great for is funky looking as it is like it, it shouldn't wear as well as it does, but it does. Well, I love like, it. They do yeah. some crazy stuff. Like they're doing crazy stuff. And yeah, I'm a little well, conflicted about that blue one. The blue will. That's like your turtles, man. Their turtles always just had, because of that cushion case have always, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of people were scared because they're, I think they listed at like 45 millimeters, but so short lug to lug. And it's basically has no lugs. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, so it wears really well, even if you have a smaller wrist, but. I keep, uh, I keep talking about buying another turtle. I should do that. I've, <laughs> I've had a couple of them. Um, I've not owned yeah. a turtle yet, but I've got a samurai, and that's one that it's just like I don't wear it very often. But every time I put it on, it's just like, it's it's an orange samurai with a black bezel, yeah. and it's just like it's 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 allegedly forty five millimeters, but it does not wear like that. Like it, yeah, they do such a good job yeah. with that. I, dude, I remember like so when I got into, I think I found Watch You Seek like uh eight nine eight nine ten years ago um and they were no longer making the samurais um the original samurais were titanium mm -hmm. uh, but they still came up from time to time and they kind of pulled a premium um but there were a couple of those watches that they no longer made at that point and this was before they did like way before they did the turtle reissue and stuff um but there were some watches that they did and I don't know why they didn't continue them. Kind of hope they they reissue one. And I think the last time I looked, the prices were kind of crazy. But it was called the Seiko Spork. It was um, kind of like a, it had like sword hands and a twelve three six nine numerals on the dial, um, but it had a dive watch bezel. So I had owned one of those. I wish I still had it. Um, I gotta look but this up now because I'm, I'm can't very remember. Curious. You haven't. I can't remember the movement. That's I can't. It was like ooh, it was like four R fifteen. It didn't even. It didn't hack. So yeah, it hand it hand wound, but it did not. It didn't even hack. That is a good uh, looking watch, though. Yeah, it's cool, right? So yeah, that was that was one of the few Seikos I owned, like on my journey through watches. So I I owned one of those for. Um, a little while, and I kind of wish I would have kept it. But oh, that man, one was though. bigger. I think, I think that watch is like 44 millimeters, if I remember it, correctly. It does say 44. Like a yeah. ones of, But man, there's so many hash marks on that watch, and just knowing what that probably <laughs> originally retailed for, the chances, like, if you had OCD, there's so many things that could be misaligned on that watch. 
Oh yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, and like the the bezel action wasn't super great. You know, it's kind of it's such a like I love that watch on paper though, man. That thing looks it looks so good. Like I don't yeah, know like, if you can see this thing through the video chat. Yeah, like, it's no, a good looking watch. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I'm a big fan of the three six nine twelve uh, hour markers on it. I, I love that look. But you're right, Spence. There are so many hash marks on this watch. There's so many. It's almost like hash overkill. It's a lot of hash marks. Yeah. Well, he was talking about because Seiko is notorious. Not chapter chapter rings not lining up. Um, yeah. I but do I love think the fact they just dropped that on the Willard and the SLA or the SPB issue reissues that they did. They said, "Hey, just no chapter ring, guys." <laughs> Probably all on that yeah. part. Yeah, we'll be um, real. <laughs> but I'm trying to remember. I'll have to go back and look. I'm sure I have a picture of my Seiko Spork, but I think everything was lined up. But like the bezel action was kind of similar to like an SKX. Like wasn't great. I mean, it's not bad, right? Yeah. yeah, it's not great. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think even the sumo, like the Sega sumo, had better um, bezel action than the spork because the spork wasn't really like a sumo was like their kind of top of the regular line of watches yeah. at the mm-hmm. time. So when when the sumo originally came out, and still, man, I love that watch to this day. The sumos are great. Yeah, they've got the new ice diver ones that just came out too. This like, yeah. I mean, those things look. There's some interesting colorways, but like that green one's pretty sharp. That they came yeah. out with. I mean, they. they Dude, I still want that. Doing. I still want that green like grenade dial. Um, I think they call them king turtles. I love those things. Oh yeah, that one looks good too. Yeah, that one looks real good. I'm a fan. Just yeah. haven't done it. I'm trying to save my pennies. Uh, <laughs> You know, for <laughs> this whole releasing a, a watch yeah. thing. Well, so we, I mean, we've we've gone. Uh, this might be our longest episode, which you were the first one to get us over the hour hump, and to make it not a uh, not a half hour pot. And you were the first one to swear, which we got that plenty out of the way <laughs> uh, tonight. Um, sorry, sorry, Grandpa. Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> but what I will say is, um, I'm. Working on there we go. Uh, what I will say is everybody should check out near it's nearest nearestwatches.com. Yeah. And uh go check out the Santi the Santiago diver, Santiago, however you want to say it. I mean, to me, just just knowing you and I granted you you shaved the beard a little bit, it still exists. I did. You did I used to have a real long beard you if you have, don't know what I was so like. so and you've got a couple of tattoos and nearest Santiago. Like to me, it's a pirate's watch, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I was saying. Like <laughs> I, I just think it was like, man, this is this is like the modern day. Like if 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 Jack Sparrow the, the wore a watch, it'd be this one. Yeah. Man. With the GMT bezel. <laughs> like I'll take that comparison. That's a I mean, that's just like that's in my head. Like like the 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 diver, the the submariner. Yeah. The roulette wheel, the roulette date wheel with the with the you know twelve hour bezel on it, you know I just I, it it just that's what I picture in my head like the black dial, the matte black like that's that's where I'm at like that's it's the pirate's watch. Yep, I'll take it. <laughs> it's a good comparison, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll obviously check Jack. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, two whiskey. Jack watch. Yeah, Jack Sparrow's <laughs> watch. Check uh, Zach out at uh, at Cincy Strapco at Nereus Watches. Um, if you if you are so obliged, uh, pre order goes out for another three days after this episode drops. So uh, 
check it out and we will catch everybody next week. Thank you all for joining and thank Zach. Thank you for coming back. Thanks for having me guys. Always man. Always. Yeah. We, we, you know, we can't have red bar meetups still six months later. We still can't do it. So we got, we got to keep doing this. Soon enough. We'll put one together. Oh yeah. We'll do it. We do it outside. Yeah. Well, better lighting. That'll be weird. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Take it easy, everybody. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We are enthusiasts, not experts, so don't at us. But you can find us on Instagram at whiskey.and.watches.podcast. Also, visit our website at zeitswatches.com. Zeitz is spelled Z-E-I-T-Z. Thank you.